It's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did You Know What way before the internet or social media existed with my co-host Greg Alperin. Joining me to help control the um <laughs> chaos, we're going to talk about anything and everything on this brand new episode of Crazy Train with me, Jasmine St. Clair, all aboard. Welcome back to another episode of Crazy Train with Jasmine St. Clair. And I'm sort of off on that train right now because it's pretty early in the morning here on the West Coast. I have a very special, lovely guest today, Brittany Andrews. How are you? Whoop, whoop. Brittany Andrews in the house. Oh my God. It's been so long since the two of us have had like face to face time. And I have to say, you look absolutely gorgeous, doll. Even though both of us are like with no makeup on, fresh face, <laughs> you look beautiful. Thank you. So do you. I think it's, you know, in a whole era of adult stars from like the 90s, I believe that we actually kept ourselves up very well because we were out there spending money, like buying skincare, getting peels and doing all of that. Yeah. I think also too, there was a standard of beauty back then uh, that all of us had to strictly adhere to. Now, of course, things are very different, which I think is great. You know, there's different body shapes, sizes, colors, all that stuff. And I think that's amazing. But I think um, for longevity, those of us that had to be really, you know, strict with our appearances in the 90s, I think uh, long term, uh, it's probably done us some justice with the aging process. <laughs> I know. It's great. I mean, hey, I'm still, you know, still single, but <clears throat> it's so hard to date, you know, just based upon past. Plus, I think the fact that I'm going after guys half my age is probably the other issue. But yeah, <laughs> I try. Hey, you know, I'm out there trying, but you've had quite a career yourself. I mean, you're DJing now. And how is that going? Like, what made you think of DJing? Because that's pretty cool. Plus, your photos are hot. So yeah. Well, actually, no, I've quit DJing at this oh. point. Yeah. So um, I did it for about 12 years. Um, and you know, at one point I was doing the, the filmmaking thing. I was in New York. I did three years of film school and I was producing and directing mainstream films. I won a bunch of awards. I had my films, uh, premiere at the Cannes Film Festival, Sundance, you know, I won tons of awards, all the different, you know, independent film, uh, markets and, um, Independent filmmaking can be really difficult financially to have a consistent uh, lifestyle doing that. So kind of like in between projects, I was thinking, well, what's something I can do that I um, that I can continue my brand? Because it's one of those things that I think is really important for longevity is to understand that you've worked so hard to build a brand and how do you, if you want, how do you continue that and how do you continue to stay relevant and how do you, um, how are you consistently, you know, changing, but still not throwing away all that work that you did on your brand. And so DJing was one of those things of where I had been working with a top uh, DJ booking agent since I was in my early 20s. And I used to get booked all the time with DJs for like raves to be like the MC. And so I had a really good relationship with her. And at one point she merged her company with Scam Artists. 
And I said to her, I was like, yo, dude, you know, if I started DJing, do you think that you could book me? And she's like, if you don't suck. (laughs) And I was like, well, you know what? Give me a year. Uh, And I went to Dubspot in uh, the meatpacking district uh, in New York. And I did like a year of like beat juggling. I took mass. I got a master certification in Ableton. I took all kinds of music lessons, was playing the piano, was doing that thing. And, um, and then like a year later, I hit her back up and I started touring and I toured all over the world. I was spinning vinyl. uh, I was doing CDJs. I was, like I said, using Ableton, Serato. I produced some tracks. I did that thing. And then during the pandemic, I decided I was done with it. Um, Just because, uh, as you see, I'm wearing a hat. And I wear many hats and I just couldn't, you know, during the pandemic, I had to start another business because a lot of my income just, you know, disappeared like many people around the world. And I had to start a new business and I'm still running that business. And I just, with age, I've learned I can't do everything as much as I feel like I'm superwoman. um, I've got lupus. I got two autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. I need to sleep. Um, and I just, I can't do everything. So I, you know, I had a really good time doing the DJ thing, but I didn't want to do it a disservice by only doing it half-assed. And there's just so much to keep up with as far as the technology aspect of things. And it's extremely time consuming, staying on top of all the latest trends and music and samples and, um, I just didn't feel as though I had the time in my life to give it the um, uh, to give it the amount of attention that I would need to in order to do it uh, in the way that I would expect from myself. So I kind of decided to lay that particular hat down, at least for now. Yeah. I still kind of do it, you know, as a hobby, like a bedroom DJ, because I've always have since I've been 23. I still have my original um, uh, Technique 1200 MK2s from back when I was 23. I'll be 50 next year. So Ooh. I still have got those same turntables that I've had my entire life. I've always really been into um, on the side on my own, like the whole thing. But um, just as before, I didn't have as a, as a profession and it was just a hobby. I'm allowing it to go back to a hobby again. Why do people drive trucks at this hour? Like who in their right mind has a job? <laughs> seriously. Oh, the garbage man. He's hot though. It's okay. God, I must be seriously like I'm at, I think what it is, is it's like too much testosterone cream sometimes because my doctor has. Oh girl. Bad. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten really bad. Like I was at a pool and I saw this really hot guy. Yeah. I ended up like having sex with him later that night. We were talking by the pool. I didn't like him at first because he was really good looking with muscles and everything. Then I ended up hooking up with him. So I've got to like tone this stuff down. Like I have to really like. I totally get it. Actually, it's funny because what does a single woman do on Valentine's Day? I go see my OBGYN and I get a pap smear because it's been a couple of years with the pandemic. So I actually and I also haven't been doing the testosterone because of the pandemic. But now that, you know, things are like going back. Um, I actually shoot up uh, testosterone myself. Okay. Uh, but like I said, I haven't over the last couple of years because I've been hiding inside my house and I really haven't needed to have like a huge sex drive. But also, of course, it makes it makes me a raging lunatic and I blow up on other people like really fast if I'm not watching 
the amount that I intake of it. So girlfriend, I, I get it. That one, at the- oh, is that why I'm a bitch? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Blame it on the testosterone. They don't girlfriend. tell us these things. Uh, yeah. So that's, I think it's really cool that you did the independent filmmaking because I've worked with film for, I started doing acting. I came, when I came back to this country after Norway, I started acting and going to classes and taking dialect classes to learn a British accent and all of that stuff. So it's just a whole other world. And I've done enough independent films and other things where I get it, but that's highly admirable. You were at the Cannes Film Festival. I've always wanted to go to Cannes. I mean, who do I have to blow to get in your next movie? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Daddy. Um, yeah, so that's interesting that you've done that. Um, that's I, I did three years of... Um, yeah, I did three years of film school. I, you know, I retired from porn after being in porn for 15 years. And then I moved to New York and I did three years of film school at the New York Film Academy on 17th and Park. And that was super interesting because I wasn't sure if I was going to tell everybody, you know, that I was this porn star. Um, of course, the first day by lunch, everybody knew because one of the teachers in the editing room was a huge fan of mine and told like the TAs and then the TAs told that da, 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 da. So there went that out the basket, but it was good though, because inevitably, you know, I, I have found that it's better to embrace my history and who I am and to work with it instead of hiding and working against it. Um, so, you know, throughout the time I was in film school, everybody, um, really wanted to always work with me because I've always been a workaholic. I always put my best foot forward. I had a lot of experience. I, I was older, you know, I was in my mid thirties and they were all really young. Um, and so I took the opportunity because I was so used to, you know, producing films on a shoestring budget. Uh, with porn for so long. And, you know, I used to have my studio, I had a 5,000 square foot studio downtown LA for 15 years. And I'd been producing and directing for years before I went to um, film school. So I knew my way around, obviously, a film set and everything, but I never had insurance. I never had had permits. (laughs) So like, I was able to shoot on like Fifth Avenue and 33rd Street, I could like shut the whole street down. Like, I was so proud of like, being able to like not have to run from the cops, you know, like I could actually uh, have a million dollars of insurance and have like a full on crew. So I really took the time that I was in film school to like kind of make my filmmaking dreams come true, you know, that I'd never had a chance to do uh, with shooting porn. So I really took it super seriously and did did everything to the best of my ability. And it was, you know, I, you know, I look back and to be able to have gone to film school in New York is like such a blessing, such a kind of colorful aspect of my life that um, I was never expecting to be able to do. And I think it just added a lot of like richness into my, my story of life. Yeah. I didn't even know you'd gone to film school. I just, that's such an impressive thing, but I could totally see you doing it. And of course, people are going to know that you're um, different when you go into <laughs> class. You don't, you don't look normal. Not You don't look like I, a Yeah, but I did look super normal, though. I had super yeah. short hair and... 
um, you know, I was producing all this stuff and we were working with major uh, well-known actors. Mm -hmm. Nobody paid me any attention. I was always in sweats. I was in the back dealing with receipts with super short hair, no makeup on. Like nobody had any clue until it would be like the premiere. And then I'd have the wig on, the dress on. And they're like, who's this bitch? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, the motherfucker that was like making you get the hell out of your hotel room at 5 a.m. in the morning, bitch. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah, I. it's weird because when I, I had a one woman show, I still have my one woman show. And right before the pandemic, I was doing it at Second City. I have stage fright. So I took a lot of improv classes aside from method acting. And it was this whole joke. I was never supposed to get through the whole second city conservatory and through grad review where you write your own sketches. But like my best friend I met at second city and we produced a web series together, but it was the craziest thing. And I didn't think anyone would know anything was up with me, but now I had friends from class who wanted to come to my one woman show. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that about you. That's actually pretty cool because I was straying from my past before, but it's never prevented me from booking any acting gig. You know, can you show up? Can you do this? Can you do that? Exactly. Can you, can you go from A to B and take people there? And I went to all the improv schools in LA and New York, then Meisner and no one like in someone had a problem with me in Strasbourg, but whatever. So I just don't give a shit. I'm like, okay, there are other, there are other schools here. You're not the only school so it's been this amazing journey. And I think a lot of younger people nowadays actually embrace this whole thing with sexuality from the 90s, especially because we were so much cooler then. <laughs> we're doing well, I, all the raunchy stuff. Well, I also think, too, um, you know, back in our day, it was really our day back in the old school days, um, <laughs> you know, um, to be able to be a producer, director, to do just, you know, distribution is still a thing to this day, but let's just talk about producing and directing. You know, it was called producing and directing. Now you're just a content creator. I feel like today's expectations for um, influencers or stars are so much higher than they were back in the day for us. Like to, but it also was more difficult for us to be a producer, director, um, and to get into those shoes. Now it's like you have to be a producer, a director, a musician, you know, you have to do your own. I just feel like the expectations um, are a lot higher now of how you have to run your business. I always did that anyways back then. Um, but now if you're not all those things, like there is no way that you can make it in the business anymore. It's not as like back in the day, you could just be an actress and just show up and that was it. And you could get away with that. I don't think you can get away with that anymore. No, that you cannot do. Um, it's very different. And I don't, I would not want to work in porn or in adult films these days. I've seen what's out there and I, there's only one hot porn actor I saw. He came on the show and I was hitting on him because he was really hot. He's like so hot. He'd bring me out of retirement. Which one is that? There's quite a few of them that are really hot. Who? Seth Gamble. Oh, yeah, he's a sweetie. I like him a lot. Um, Lucas Frost is a super yummy hottie. Nathan Bronson. They've got a lot of good looking boys in porn now. Back in our day, you know, the guys were not good looking because they had to have a 
functioning. Um, can I say it on here? Can I? Oh, you could say anything you want. Trust me. I've they had to have a functioning penis where nowadays they just snort the Viagra. What's interesting is nowadays you've got these really young guys that are that their dick is like no longer working within a year. Right. Because they were never a good woodsman to start off with. So they were having to use drugs from the beginning. And like by the time that they've been in for a year, they're already shooting up their dick. You know, you never saw that back in our era because, you know, it wasn't about looks for the guys. It was Mm -hmm. about having a penis that worked where now it's more about looks and the guys kind of come in and go out almost as much as the girls do. Yeah, it's like it's just like um. They're like Uber drivers almost. It's a high turnaround. Yeah, there is a high yeah, turnaround like prim- primarily because they're not woodsmen, you know, and their dicks just give up really young. I-, I feel bad for them because how do they go about, I don't know, like mentally what that does to a guy at such a young age, you know? Yeah, it's kind of to sad. hear an interview with one of them. Seth obviously had no problem. I mean, to get to where he yeah. is. But he's super well-spoken as well, such as like you, you know, I wouldn't think I was speaking to a porn performer from this same age. Not that I've met too many. I just saw one porn video with a guy with a man bun and he's wearing like tighter jeans than I wear. I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, what is this? Oh, I love man buns and t- tight Do jeans. You? Oh my God. I love man buns. Because man buns then turn out to be long hair. Oh, yeah. That's the upside. I love long hair. So, and I like a man bun. I think it's super cute. I was living in Scandinavia for a while. So they all had the man buns. So when I see that, I expect like a nice big Viking guy that's just going to like throw me against the wall and do what he wants to, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I I think I just have to move back there again because I'm thinking that it's just, I'm not going to get that hair. Like not too much of that, at least because they're all Americans for the most part, but nothing's wrong with that either. I don't know. I'm just crazy. Ah! I'm going off today because it's so early in the morning. I have not even had my coffee. Oh, I've had two cups of coffee. I get up every morning at 530. So oh, I was in I'm a out of the house by 7 a.m. So I was in a my grocery class, shopping so. and everything. And I went tanning already this morning. You tanned already? Huh? You tanned. I was in a dialect class, so I couldn't even do anything. And you tanned already. I feel so hopeless. Yeah, I had a 7 a.m. meeting that ended at eight. And then after that, I was I worked on my phone for an hour. Then I did tanning at nine. Then I went to Whole Foods right after that. And then I came here. Ouch. I got to start getting up earlier, man. Oh, man. <laughs> but you've run a lot of businesses. And, um, you know, I know for a while you're very open about this. Um, did you, by any chance, did you find it hard to, um, to work in escorting and have a relationship or did most guys just know and they didn't really care? Well, you know, when it comes to being a sex worker and whether it's a full service sex worker or a porn star, what I found when it comes to relationships is quite often guys are okay with one, but not the other. So they're fine with you doing full service sex work, but they're not okay with you doing porn or they're okay with you doing porn, but not full service. It's like hard to find a guy that's okay with both of them. Uh, Not to say that I haven't, because I've definitely found guys that are cool with both of them. And I've never been a bitch that lies. It's like, this is what I do. Take it or leave it. Because I've never been somebody that 
needs to be in a relationship. I've lived alone my entire life. I'm not really, um, I love being of service to humans and I try to show up and to be an empathetic, loving, kind, considerate, compassionate, spiritual human being to other humans, Mm -hmm. but one-on-one bitch, get the fuck out of my house. Like I just, I'm not good with like, um, people up in my house. Like, I don't want to live with anybody. I don't want anybody that close to me. I, I might have like a portfolio of issues. I've done a lot of therapy, but, um, I still, when it comes to intimate relationships, I can definitely live without it. I'm super busy. I love my life. I love my pets. I love my friends. Um, I don't have any void that a guy needs to fill in my life. So, um, you know, I've been engaged a couple of times. I've been in love. Um, but overall, I, I, and especially at this stage, it's like I can do a psychological profile of somebody and go, that's your problem. This is your issue. That's your problem. Am I willing to deal with that? Eh, that one? Yeah, that one. No, that one. No. Next. <laughs> I just I was like that. I need you to do one sec- one favor for me, please. I just need you to hang on for one second. I have to pause uh-huh. this. Sure. I actually just have to run and give these keys to someone really quick. Hang no on. problem, Boo. I'm so sorry. Thank you, Boo. This no is so well. You're so cute. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the same drink you have. Hang on. I've copied you. See now I've copied you. I've got the same drink you have now. <laughs> yeah, it's. That's so refreshing that you've actually done so many things like outside of this. And then with the whole escorting, I mean, I can understand how it's a problem, but I guess, did you ever meet anyone when you were doing that and you actually dated them? Yes, absolutely. So two of my, two of the individuals that um, I had engagements to started off from that way. So I kind of feel that, how do, how does, how do you say it? You know, um, as a full service sex worker, um, that is a porn star. Um, the donations are relatively high. So the kind of individual that can afford that, um, you know, they are people with a lot of money and power and influence. And I find personally, I think most women find that sexy and attractive. Um, so yeah. Um, and they also are really good at, you know, providing and giving you lots of stuff with, you know, I definitely have, um, more than once in my life, uh, been mesmerized by all the bling, you know. Um, I'd like to say that I'm not that shallow, but fuck, I'm <laughs> uh, bitch loves a good shopping trip, and when there's like tons of them and travel and all that stuff just being thrown at you, it's it's hard to say no sometimes. Um, so yeah, most definitely, and I'm still, you know, one guy that um that was a fan of mine that I had an appointment with, um, back in my early twenties, you know, me and him are still really good friends to this day. Um, I consider him to be probably, um, probably like a soulmate in a certain way of somebody that I must've known in other lifetimes because we've just had such a good connection 
you know, I dated him when I was 24. I'm going to be 50. And, you know, we, we don't, we're not in love with each other, but we love each other as human beings, you know, unconditionally throughout all these years. And we've had so many like ups and downs and twists around. And uh, I just cherish him as a human being. So I'm actually friends with almost everybody that I've dated since my early 20s. And I can't really say the same. It's kind of immature. I think the one I've been closest to is when I was in high school with. He does tattoos. And another Mm -hmm. guy I had a restraining order against. We were supposed to get married, like, if we were not married by 45 or 50. So we're supposed to be married. But I did have a restraining order against him because he wanted to cut my head off. Oh boy. It's like, yeah, right. It's a normal argument. It was a very normal argument for us. It was kind of hot though. So then I called him, I broke the restraining order. I called him. Then we got into an argument. Then he called the police. It's just this whole going back and it's complicated. It's too many restraining orders between two people. My, oh my. Almost all of my exes are all bankers, so they're pretty like mellow. So I don't think I've had any. I don't think I've had any restraining orders on any of my significant others. Um, Yeah, no, I I had one fashion designer, uh, and uh, the rest were all bankers. One. One guy from the business that was a bondage master, but he's probably got to be like one of the nicest, sweetest people I've ever met. Um, so, yeah, I, I haven't had too much volatile tumultuousness. I think I had maybe one with the fashion designer a little bit, but no restraining orders. And we're still friends. We're still totally cool. Um, he's an artist. Of course, it's tumultuous. Anything involving two artists gets crazy. That was crazy. That was definitely my most passionate love affair of my life. And we had a good fucking time. What I remember of it, I don't remember most of it, but I know it was fun. (laughs) Well, have you think the business has changed quite a bit now on that end of things? I just feel like there's so many girls out there, like between whatever the sites are now, Craigslist, uh, no, whatever the sites are, it's just a bunch of freelancers out there. Do you think it's changed quite a bit? And do you think the, the age of the porn star escort is gone? No, I, you know, I definitely, I I think that everything has changed, right. Especially with the pandemic, you're looking at who is the sex worker now. Right. And even with the camming, it really changed everything. I mean, back in our day, you know, we had the porn world and it was this small little family, pretty much in LA. We all knew each other and and that was kind of it. And then when I retired, then the whole camming thing kind of came into play and that brought, you know, everybody from everywhere now into the space. And then you started having, you know, my free cams bought out, you know, um, AVN, right? And so then now you're having the AVN show with a, a cam girl as the host of the show, along with a porn star, and the majority of the convention being uh, camming instead of porn companies. And so now with the pandemic, you've now got OnlyFans, right? And so that's spread the uh, the sex worker who now is a sex worker out even farther and even more people that are, you know, moms that are, you know, single that, you know, are trying to make extra cash on the side. 
Um, so, you know, and I, and I think, you know, with the pandemic, we all were pushed to go onto all these different platforms, everything, you know, from Chatterbait to Minivids, I want clips, only fans, lover fans, loyal fans, you know, and I'm on all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Fansly, I'm on all of them. And uh, I don't do, I don't do camming though. I've never found myself to be much of a camera, but, um, but, you know, and now that, you know, people are starting to get back into things, you're starting to see people like just getting sick and tired that, you know, people that like myself, I wasn't into all the platforms before COVID. Um, and I did do the full service sex work thing. You know, now I'm just starting to go back into doing that. And I'm seeing a lot of other models doing the same thing. I think, you know, between management companies having issues with that and, um, you know, having really demanding fans that have like no boundaries and having to, you know, work seven days a week, um, all day, all night, you know, kind of being at the, um, being at the demand of the fans. Like I want this, I want that, you know, I think a lot of us may have gotten burned out on the platforms and you're seeing a lot more, uh, models go back into full service sex work just because, you know, well, for me, it's like variety is a spice of life. You know, it's like, I've always, I started, I started doing full service sex work when I, I, when I was 19. So, um, you know, I'd always do the porn thing and then I, I was producing and directing, then I was feature dancing and then I was doing full service sex work because I'd get sick of one thing and I, I do it too much. It's like, Oh, I did feature dancing too much. I'm over it. My body's exhausted. Like, let me just go into uh, producing and directing for a while where I'm just sitting on a chair and I'm doing more office work. And then, then I get bored of that. And then I'm like, okay, well, let me go do a tour in New York or something, you know? So I've always liked to have multiple different income streams Cause then also too, if something happens with one of them, you still got other income streams to rely on. So your eggs are not all in one basket. And, you know, I kind of feel with the pandemic, we all had to put our eggs in the same basket. Everything had to be online. Um, and we were kind of forced to do it for years. And I like the freedom to pick and choose what I want to do when I want to do it. So now that I can do other things, um, and I just got, um, I just had Lee, uh, Tony Lee from Lee Network contact Ooh. me about doing a bunch of um, featured gigs, which that's how I originally started. So he started booking me in like 1995 and he's got all of those old contracts. And so he just booked me for like a bunch of the Spearmint Rhinos this year. And I was like, well, as long as you know, like, I'm not doing those splits on the stage. <laughs> I've had back surgery. I've had, you know, a posterior lumbar interbody fusion of my L5S1 with a laminectomy, like, bitch is old. I'm like, but get me, um, uh, make sure I have a wireless mic because I taught, you know, whenever I do um, strip club shows with all the DJing stuff, I became really used to emceeing as well. So now it's like almost like I do like a bit of an improv kind of act along with, you know, walking around on stage and having him throw money at me. And he was like, oh, that's fine. You know, they just want you for your name. They're like, they don't care what you do on stage. I'm like, cool. Right on. So um, even that is like something where I'm like, oh, God, I can't believe that at, at 50, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, doing a bunch of feature shows again. So but I'm I'm. It, I think it's because I've been stuck having to do the platform stuff all this time that I'm like happy to kind of get out there and do some of that stuff again for a while. So 
I want, I'm going to come to one of your shows. I have not been to a strip club in a while. When yeah. I was living in um, Europe, I'd gone back quite a few times after that to visit. And the last thing I did remotely close to strip club, I was in Germany at a brothel and a bar and restaurant. I wasn't participating in a brothel. <laughs> I just went there. I was bored for a few hours. I paid yeah. 80 euros. Uh-huh. Euros, it's all you could fuck and drink and eat. So I just drank. I was there's eating. a lot of really cool yeah. brothels in Europe. I mean, they're super like as far as the architecture and the design. I've been to some all over the world and I love them. They're like really a lot of them are really nice. Yeah, it's really nice. I really I think it's beautiful. and I never was working at any of them either. I was also just a patron enjoying the experience. The experience. Okay. Well, I wanted to open up a sex doll brothel. I was speaking to my ex about this a few years ago. So we're in like downtown Santa Monica in the middle of this bustling everything like tourism and work and just horny men and just people. So I said, you know, we should open up a sex doll brothel. I heard that here in Nevada, they actually did do that at one. They did. Yeah, they did. I get busted with my luck, though. Something maybe like that gray area is like someone ejaculated in a piece of plastic. Like, who cares? It's not like, well, it's not. There's other things that are out there that are way more important than some dude ejaculating in a plastic. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, just needs to get its priorities a bit more aligned with true um, issues. Well, I was going out since day one of COVID without a mask. And then, um. You know, I ended up, I'm surprised I didn't catch an STD or something. I wasn't that promiscuous, but I ended up hooking up with this guy. We were having unprotected sex. Then when the pandemic, like the whole lockdown was like not around anymore, you know, we stopped that. I just got rid of him. It was pretty sad. You can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. (laughs) Oh, like the doggy right there. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, you've had quite a life. You've done everything and, you know, I'm. You're one of the few people I actually admire in that oh, business. Thank you. You have anything else planned that's mainstream, Miss Brittany? Or are we just going to keep doing the different hats circulating around, but not as much? I have no idea. You know, I just recently did 90 Day Fiance. I was on that. Yeah. What was that like? Well, that was funny. We actually shot some of it in the room that I'm sitting in now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of hoping maybe. I might be able to parlay that into a couple of more reality shows. I don't know. I'm actually talking to a PR firm tomorrow about that. Um, you know, I am shooting porn again as well. I'm going to be shooting for browsers um, uh, February 3rd, shooting another scene with them. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to shooting more scenes uh, like Naughty America and stuff like that. Naughty America has got the really hot guys. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And then continuing, you know, with the platform stuff and then the feature dancing um, and uh, doing tour. I don't do too much of tours, but if I'm like feature dancing, I'll see a few select people, um, you know, especially if they're, you know, BDSM clients. Those are the ones that I um, like the most. Um you know, I directed that series on Netflix. Um, so I don't know, you know, at one point, like right before the pandemic, I was talking to Live Nation mm-hmm. about producing a live stage show um, in New York that was going to be a little bit 
um, of a takeoff of um, like life after porn. And, um, but that of course got stopped. So, you know, I'm kind of a person that has a lot of different skills underneath my hat that when I feel like it, I can take it out and use it. I just, um, like I said before, I have to be choosy because I do have lupus and I've, Mm -hmm. I've got to take care of my health first. I can't, I have a hard time. Like I am a workaholic. I have to be careful with my workaholism. I have to make sure that I'm doing proper self-care and, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually. So, um, you know, just as you get older, taking on less, um, less, even though it doesn't seem like it, but, um, yeah, you know, I'm kind of, you know, everybody was like, well, where, where do you want to be in five, 10 years? And it's like, I've always enjoyed everything that I've done. So it's not like I wanted to be doing something vastly different. The only thing that I really care about is, is, you know, I've put a shit ton of money uh, into a lot of cryptocurrency. I've probably done close to like a hundred NFTs right now. I've got mm-hmm. 50 of them uh, for sale on OpenSea at the moment. I've sold about 50 of them as well. Um, I'm heavily invested into a lot of um, different c- cryptocurrencies. I stake, I do yield farming. Um, so I just, you know, I really, I want that to go well because I feel like that's going to be, you know, one of the aspects of my life, if I can figure that out and triple my money, then I'll be a really happy bitch. But other than that, it's like, I, I enjoy working with music and film and comedy and, um, you know, all this stuff. It's like, it's a good life. I'm totally blessed, you know? And, you know, I just want to be able to do this as long as I want to be able to do this. And when I don't want to do it, then, you know, I want to have that freedom not to do that as well, which I've done in the past. I always say like the comeback to the porn stars, like the relapses to the Mm -hmm. addict. (laughs) No, that's, that's, yeah. So like, I've left, I came back, you know, and I'm just so grateful that there's this business that allows me to come back whenever the fuck I want on my terms, you know, they'll have me back and I can do what I want or not, you know? So I'm just, you know, I, I, I love the richness of the entertainment industry and I'm probably always going to be in it on some level. Um, I just kind of go with the flow organically of where the universe takes me with opportunities that show up. And, you know, I just, I get up early every morning, I suit up, I show up and whatever the universe wants to bring to me, I try to, um, take advantage of that and, um, you know, try not to, um, try to be a good human being along the way as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. So that means no more testosterone cream for me, I guess. <laughs> Balance of testosterone. I think it's important at our age though, um, to get that hormone thing. Right. Cause last night I was actually just, I got my period and I'm like, when are things going to go away? Right. Like fuck, next year I'm going to be 50. So I was actually like my first ever deep dive into reading about menopause and everything. And I'm like, Oh boy, it is really important to make sure that our hormones are correct throughout, you know, these kind of years. So, um, and for me, the testosterone really helps with my sex drive. And I like to, um, stay bouncy, 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 fun, 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 fun. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's important with all the hormones too. And testosterone is, is important for my sex drive. So we we're going to continue doing that. Yeah. And H I've got a prescription for HGH. Finally, I sound like, sweet. Oh, have you, have you done it? Um, I do it. I actually have a prior authorization from the um, insurance company because oh, wow. uh, yeah, it's HGH. So it's just, it's good for muscle, I guess, and skin and um, anti-aging and, you know, meeting guys. So how long have you, how long have you been doing it and is it working? Yeah, it works. I've been doing it for two years. Um, and so you do that with the testosterone? Oh, uh, the testosterone I've done on and off for two years. Um, after that incident by the pool, cause I actually ran into the guy at a whole foods, oddly enough, like a week later, I just didn't want to see him. He had fucking freckles. Like howdy doody. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. They don't, I didn't see them when he was laying there with his, 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 his thing, his, his trunks on by the pool. Then I have to see your freckles. I'm like, I can't, I just, I couldn't, I, I just wanted to like smack myself. Uh, so anyway, I blocked the just number. imagine that's how men are all day, all night, every day of their lives. No, I'm just saying with this testosterone, this drug running through them. Mm. I mean, now it makes a lot of sense, you know, why the sex industry has like, you know, sometimes, you know, you just see some individuals and they are really popular and they're not extremely what I would call attractive. And you're like, why does, you know, and it's like testosterone. That's why men don't have the um, ability to be as discerning as us women do, because we don't have that drug running through like that drug literally makes it's kind of like alcohol goggles you know yeah testosterone goggles for sure what's your sign by the way are you a Capricorn? I'm a Leo oh okay well that explains the work ethic for sure yeah With a, I have a Virgo rising okay yeah so that's like my 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 passion and my work ethic are the Virgo definitely is my hardcore work ethic. And then the Leo is the creative, passionate, like go-getter, gonna go out there and just do it. What about you? What's that stuff? Huh? What are you? Oh, I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> I always what's have your, a knife behind me or something, you know, just what's, what's your rising? Well, that would also uh, make it more understandable with the tumultuous relationships too. Oh, I don't know. I was just born October 23rd. I just, I, people just say I'm a full-blooded Scorpio and right. I, I don't know. Like I haven't really been read. I tried to look up my lawyer's like birthday because he's really hot. Mm-hmm. And he's like, a, he's a Libra as well. I got along really well with Libras. I love you. No, Libra. that's what am I thinking? My God. Okay. Yeah. Smack out of it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, moving right along. I will come see you at the Spam Rhino. And definitely I'd like to see you one day socially because you're just yes. so amazing and I love your energy. But if people want to find out where they can find you, like, catch up with you, go see you dance. You have like a website, like what are all of your handles? Cause I know. Yeah. Just to just go to all my links, DJ Brit star. Um, so all my links.com DEJ Brit star. I got to get one of those. Tony Lee is still alive. I know. Right. Yes, he is. It was so funny. Cause he contacted me and, uh, we had like a way back time machine, uh, conversation and yeah, he's got me a whole bunch of bookings for the spearmint rhinos now. So who would have ever thunk 
Like, you know, it's funny because I remember back, you know, when I turned 30, the word MILF did not exist yet. (laughs) And it really was like, at that point, your career was over. And then all of a sudden, American Pie comes up with this word MILF and a whole nother aspect of the industry um, starts, you know, and then I left for like a good 10 years and I was doing the DJ thing, the filmmaking thing. And, you know, during that time, I was watching all of these other older women in the business, you know, like Julia Ann and some other ones that were making an amazing amount of money on their OnlyFans and stuff. And I was like, at one point I was like, you know what? I'm still a hot bitch. You know what? Let me go and uh, jump back in, do a little tap dance, see how I feel about it. So then right before the pandemic, I did a comeback. um, And then of course the pandemic happened. So this year I'm kind of almost starting over with my comeback or trying to reconvene my comeback from then. But I'm, I'm enjoying it because it's like, after you've been gone for so long, like so many things change, but then a lot of things stay the same. It's like revisiting your youth in a certain way. And, um, you know, everybody's super respectful because I got in the business 91. Most of them were not even fucking born in 91. (laughs) They weren't even like a sperm in their dad's ball sack um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess the way I always revisit that era is just through a one woman show because I go through everything and it was love to see your one woman show. Where, where do you do it? Um, We're going to actually pick it back up again in a couple of months. I wanted to build up on my podcast. The show is a weird kind of fame and, uh, you should actually, cause it's, it's, there's a lot of dress up and there's wigs and stuff. And like when I'm standing on stage, I feel as though I'm back in LA in the nineties. Cause I just think I have to step into it and then I have to go into me again. And that, not that there's a different version of me, really. I'm the same person. I get it. I so get it. It was like back in the nineties. Um, I was that version of me, but as I've gotten older, there's many other different mm-hmm. aspects of myself that I've developed. Right. Mm-hmm. So now there's like that certain aspect of me that, yeah, I'm like kind of walking into it and there's other aspects of me that I walk into, but back when I was younger, that was the only me, but now there's quite a few different me that I've worked hard on developing over the years. Yeah. Well, you look beautiful. Thank you, boo. Um, stay on here for a second after I click off. So guys, if you want to see more of Brittany, go to allmylinks.com and it's DJ Brit star. It's two T's, correct? Yes. No one, one T. So DJ Brit star. Yeah. And you know, go see her on the road or something. Do something seriously. Okay. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Toodle boys. (laughs) (laughs) 